I'm Kim Singletary. And I'm Rich Collins with Biz New Orleans Magazine. Welcome to Biz Talks. Each week, we reach beyond the pages of Biz New Orleans Magazine to bring you in-depth conversations with members of the business community. From the names everyone knows to the ones destined to make their mark, we'll dive into the top issues, best practices, successes, and failures of every industry that calls Southeast Louisiana home. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. Today's guest is Kim Singletary, editor of Biz New Orleans Magazine. Today, we'll talk about the top 10 business stories of the year. Kim Singletary, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks. It's fun being on the other end. I know. This is always kind of a surreal one. <laughs> you interviewed me last year, too, I think, at some point, right? So it's... I think so, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyhow, so yeah, I know you You and the team worked really hard um, looking back over all the year's news and identifying some of the more important business stories. You want to count us down, maybe in dramatic fashion, we'll go from 10 to 1 and talk about the big stories. All right. So coming in at number 10 um, was the short-term rental issues. That continues. That's been on our top 10 list, I think, for years. Um, it, mm. it's, a, it's a big issue. Um, we struggle with affordability, so it's a big issue there. And this year, though... Um, in August, we had the the city council come out and stop applications and renewals for short-term rental licenses until March 2023, so another couple months, um, which has kind of thrown things for a loop. Um, so that's affected a lot of, uh, let's say, 1,300 residential short-term rentals with valid permits will phase out without renewal if the moratorium remains on its track. So. Right. It's a big, big hit for a lot of people who are have been doing it right. <laughs> and uh, full disclosure, I, I have a Airbnb in my house, and I'm affected <laughs> by this rule change. So I do not have uh, journalistic objectivity. But uh, <laughs> but but that that being said, I will I will just note that I know that the, the city's intentions are good, which is to prevent the spread of those whole house. Um, out of town Airbnb operators, where they're they're basically taking over blocks in the French Quarter and other historic neighborhoods, and that absolutely needs to be addressed. So the atten- intentions are good, but I know that a lot of people uh, in my you know my community that are operating, say like a, an extra bedroom in their house to help you know pay rising mortgage and insurance costs, they certainly feel like they are unintended victims of this latest move. Yeah, so hopefully that will get settled in the beginning of this year. Um, but that was definitely a, a top story from last year. For sure. Uh, but number nine would be all, uh, good news is the, the nursing program edition. So um, all around the country, we've been running through uh, nursing shortages, and that's been made even worse because of the pandemic. And so, um, but a, a surprising cause of it here is um, that Louisiana denies nearly uh, a thousand qualified students every year from attending nursing schools because they don't mm. have the capacity. Um, and so that's something we are working to change. Delgado, um, if you've gone by City Park anytime recently, has that gorgeous building up there on the corner. Um, that is, yeah, the Oshner Center for Nursing, and that is supposed to be opening up um, this month. Well, sorry, January. <laughs> so I think we're still talking in December. Right. Um, but yeah, January, that's supposed to open up. Loyola has their Loyola Oshner Nursing Simulation Lab. Um, LSU it has um, 
has an expansion there in North Louisiana that's coming in January. Uh, Dillard is, let's see, announced their Master of Science in Nursing is going to begin. Um, right. That's their first ever master's degree in their 153 years of operation. Um, everybody's kind of doing something. Um, Oshner, of course, is a big part of it. Um, they are invested 4.6 million in their scholarship program just for 2023 uh, to get nurses to not only get educated here, but in, entice them to stay here. Um, so just a lot of stuff going on with nursing programs. Right. It sounds like it's all hands on deck between the between the educational institutions and the health systems. And um, you know, and, and one thing that seems like it's new is the is the fact that the Oshners and LCMCs are are subsidizing educations in exchange for commitments to work. Yeah, and they, I mean, places have been doing that for a long time. When my husband was in school back in earlier 2000s, um, I definitely had some friends that went through nursing programs that way. And it's kind of like a military thing. You put in your your service afterwards that pays off your your education. And so it ends up to be pretty decent as long as you, you know, have a good good setup there. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I realized uh, we, we didn't mention, but you and I met at uh, um, one of our recent biz events. There was the folks from uh, Chamberlain too. Chamberlain and then what, maybe Herzinger also have nursing programs and growing partnerships with the health systems. So yeah, that's that's major because uh, it seems like the aging baby boomers are going to, the, the demand is going to keep increasing and uh, and the nurses have been retiring. So they, they need, they need new, uh, they new, need new recruits. Yeah, and for those people who are looking at a, a career change um, during the pandemic, which has been a lot of people, um, that's always a good option. Everybody always needs nurses, so. Yeah, it's a well-paying job. It is. Um, so right, so that number eight. Number uh, eight. Number eight is the Mississippi River dropped to a record low level. So we are used to having too much water. And we have switched over to not enough um, on the Mississippi River. In early October of this past year, it hit its lowest point in a decade. And that has um, big ramifications for uh, shipping. We've got 60% of the nation's foreign-bound foreign corn and soybeans travel along the Mississippi. Um, so food export is the number one worry. And that's, of course, still hitting during a time when supply chain issues are still struggling. We've got um, Ukraine situation too. All of that is just uh, kind of making a perfect storm there. Um, yeah. And I, and there was another concern that I don't think it's come to come to pass yet, but they were worried about drinking water being affected because of saltwater intrusion. And I know that they uh, went back in October, they were dredging the, uh, they're putting in that underwater levee down by Bell Chase just to, as a, as a precaution. But um I did reach out because, you know, I've got to do the informed sources thing tomorrow. I reached out to the port yesterday, both both our local ones, just to see if the if the water level issue was still a growing concern. And it was interesting because they said that really Port Nola said that ultimately they have not been affected. I, the, the, what's yeah. coming in and out has not has not changed there. It's it's further upriver where the problems are. Uh, but the the one way that Port Nola was affected was just that the the um, the new Viking River cruises had to do some rescheduling because they couldn't get to some of their to oh. some of their planned locations at the time. But so it sounds like um, you know this is historic and unprecedented, and it's and a lot of folks are tying it to you know 
saying this could be an issue more and more in the future because of climate change, but that right now the the, the major effects have been further upriver. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, threat number seven that is also a shipping issue too. That is the Avondale Shipyard. Um, that has come back online, um, rechristened as Avondale Global Gateway, and that happened October 7th. So um, that is Adam Anderson. He is the CEO of T. Parker Host. He is the person that's been behind that. Um, and of course, that's a big issue. It used to employ um, thousands of people, uh, 26,000 people, actually. And uh, it was the largest employer in the state, I hear. Yes. It was. And so um, they are hoping to be up to 350 people um, by the end of this year. Um, but they are a working world class multimodal terminal with fully operating docks, working buildings and rail access. Rail access is a big deal They're They're right at the interchange of six class one railroads really well positioned um, and so that's that's a good news story of something coming back online that um, will hopefully lead to a lot of jobs and prosperity there uh, next up is number six number six um, that's more good news that's more investment continues in new orleans east so that is the most popular part of uh populated part of New Orleans at 85,000 residents, but it's also one of the most economically disadvantaged. And um, there's a lot of movement going on to hope to change that. Um, one of the big ones that's gotten a lot of attention is, of course, the Mackey brothers. So Anthony Mackey, um, Captain America, and uh, Dr. Calvin Mackey, who's the CEO of Stemnola, both of them have... Um, have made some commitments there to to open up some things in New Orleans East for for Dr. Mackey. That would be STEM NOLA, their new innovation center he hopes to put out there. And for his brother, it's a 20 acre film studio. So hoping to kind of capitalize on that whole Hollywood South thing um, that is still continuing to do really well. I think that's this is one of the first times we haven't had that on our list is something about the film industry, but it is right. still continuing to do really well. I guess this is the this is the way it snuck on the list this year is Anthony Mackey. <laughs> yeah, there you go. He's bringing it back on. And that's a lot of glamour. I mean, he's a, a superstar, so that's exciting. Yeah, it's exciting to see those kind of investments, and that's an area that's struggled for so long. So um, there's also a, a new $35 million cement manufacturing facility that's supposed to be built along there by, and I'm going to say this wrong, Callison. Um, yeah, that's a good guess. <laughs> it's probably wrong, but uh, I'm going to try. Um, and then pasta, D'Agostino Pasta Company is returning from Baton Rouge to New Orleans roots, New Orleans roots. So um, that's supposed to be coming back. There's a, a $7 million packing plant that's supposed to be coming um, online soon. Um, just a lot of stuff going on in New Orleans East. Well, that's very exciting. And it would be good to see uh, some of that come to fruition. And of course, that, that everyone's Still watching with frustration as at the slow progress with the you know the former Six Flags Jazzland site, and it seems like that is mired in some uh, in some red tape. So maybe some of these other projects will uh, lift the prospects out there as well. Yeah, yeah, that's the hope. So, all right. Well, look, that was the, that was the first half of the top ten list. That brings that's us the first to half. We're already yeah. going. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the top five. Now the top five. Um, so number five is H2, the future. 
This is a $50 million project so far. Um, it's The idea is to build a hydrogen cluster um, to help New Orleans be part of this new energy revolution. Um, and GNO Inc. is behind this. Um, they got a $50 million grant from the US Economic Development Administration. And um, they're working with UNO. Um, UNO is coming up with uh, a, it's a research and technology park. It's the beach at UNO. And so the idea is to not only be doing this kind of new hydrogen cluster energy stuff, but also to be training people for jobs in it and um, really be an innovator in some green energy going forward. Yeah, I mean, it's exciting to see any of the stories where Louisiana is trying to pivot toward toward uh, you know the, the greener energy solutions, whether it's um, offshore wind or the clean hydrogen or the you know carbon capture, because you, you would love to see the state at the vanguard versus getting left behind. So this is definitely an exciting story. Yeah, we've long been a part of the energy sector and it's good to be looking forward and to see where it's going and, and try and go in that direction. The only thing I don't like about this story is that I, the, the science is really hard to figure out and write about. <laughs> <laughs> it is a little more complicated, um, but yeah, there's a, there's some tricky words in there, um, especially for journalists who probably didn't do real great in science. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. All right. Well, next up on the list is number four. Number four is some real good news. This is the return of festivals. Um, I'm sure people have noticed in the past year uh, that the festivals are back, including, of course, Jazz Fest. And that took a two-year hiatus for the first time ever in its 50-year history. Um, and they have a, a, an estimated $400 million impact locally. Um, and that's just the one festival. And we have about a thousand festivals over the course of the year. So if it does feel like we celebrate everything, it is because we do. Um, and and it's been really awesome. And Hogs for the Cause broke records for, with the amount of money they raised this year. Bayou Boogaloo had problems <laughs> containing all of the party goers, um, just getting new safety measures put in place. And then we had new festivals. New Orleans Book Festival was a big one that I was excited about. And, and just getting out and about and remembering why <laughs> why we live here. So. Yeah, your your writer for the, for that one was talking about all the different festivals and how we celebrate everything from fried chicken to books. You know, the new Tulane Festival, uh, chamber music to tomatoes, and it it is fun that there's what across the state there's I didn't realize this there's about a thousand festivals celebrating a, a almost that many different things in different parts of culture, and it's really great, and especially because those festivals uh, it's not just fun it's also uh, income and tax revenue and it supports the hotels you know, suppliers, vendors uh, on down the line. So really good to see that back. And it does a lot to raise our spirits. Um, you know, there's we've gone through some tough times. <laughs> and, right, and you know, you talk about that, like exactly when, when you take away, take away the festivals and the fun and the culture from New Orleans, then you just, all you see is the potholes and the, <laughs> and the other <laughs> words. And all, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. It's important to have that back. You're absolutely right. All right, that's number four. That brings us to the top three. Top three. Um, number three is LCMC Health acquiring Tulane Med Center. That was a huge, huge, huge story this year. Um, so that's going to be added to LCMC's current list of six hospitals. Um, so big changes for Tulane. 
Um, their downtown hospital is going to move to East Jefferson General Hospital and University Medical Center over the next couple of years. Their Tulane Med Center is going to be home eventually to a 200 student nursing program. So again, nursing. Um, and um, we've got the renovations of the charity hospital building coming up. Um, just big, big changes. So now we're down to, we got two big players in healthcare now. It's just Oshner and LCMC. Well, you mentioned the consolidation. I know that there's a lot of champions of this deal, but there was, uh, there's one, at least one critic, which is what that, the, the National Nurses Union, which has yes. written its uh, disapproval uh, to the, this, you know, Louisiana Attorney General. So I, I, it sounds like it's, I, it seems like the observers say this deal is going to happen, but it still does need to be approved by the state and federal uh, regulators. Yeah, and the nurses, um, the nursing union brought up a concern for higher health care prices and cuts to vital services. Um, so you have to kind of see what happens on that end. Um, but yes, uh, Attorney General Jeff Landry does have to um, sign off on this for it to happen, and that had not happened by the time we've talked. So, yeah, we're interested to see how that unfolds. But uh, right, the consolidation uh, was uh, that's definitely a major story of the year. Uh, a top three story of the year, but now we are down to the top two stories. So unfortunately, the top two stories are both kind of negative. Um, <laughs> so number two is not news to anyone and definitely not people who own a house, but it's been the insurance issues um, with the, the flood insurance issues, the homeowners insurance issues everything just going crazy, going up. Um, Louisiana citizens, which everybody's familiar with, if they have a roof probably that's more, more than two years old is probably on Louisiana citizens at this point. Right. Um, but they're, they announced that their rates will go up by 63% as mm -hmm. of January 1st, so that hurts. Um, and the National Flood Insurance Program is is in debt, more than twenty million dollars. So there's there's just a lot of issues going on. Then of course we had the the recent tornadoes, so that's not going to help things any. Um, so yeah, that that continues to kind of hurt everybody. It feels like we're waiting for so many shoes to drop with this because you know after Katrina there was there was a good long run where we didn't have any major weather events that were very expensive, and then. What, over the last three years, we had several, just one after another, and then, you know, whether the hurricanes and then even these tornadoes, you know, not just in Louisiana, but even in, in other coastal areas. And so it's obviously it, the, the numbers don't add up for the insurance companies and all these small ones that have either folded or just chosen to leave the market. It just begs the question, how do we insure, how do we protect people's property in Louisiana when when we are in the path of this extreme weather. And uh, I know there's a lot of smart people working on it, but boy, it seems like we got a long way to go. Yeah, we do need a break. Um, we need to show that we're not gonna get hit every few months um, in order to help that out a little bit. So hopefully, yeah, yeah did not see a tornado coming in December. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah, but you're right. Like we had a five-year break, which is where, where, you know, just we didn't get slammed. That, and, and insurance companies didn't have these millions of dollars of, of expenses, then maybe, maybe, uh, but I mean, I don't know. I feel like there's, there's, there's gotta be some really high level thinking, you know, federal and state level to figure out how we're going to, how we're going to do this. Cause think about the, your average, you know, New Orleans citizen who doesn't have a ton of money. They, they how are they going to absorb these, these huge increases in their, 
insurance costs. Yeah, yeah, we already have an affordability problem and that's <laughs> for all of this. So um, that's just gonna get worse and worse, so. You're right that it's a bummer story, but uh, it's not as big as- <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Big is the number one story, though. Yeah, the number one story, again, probably not a surprise to anyone, but it's the crime. Um, that affects everybody, um, business owners, individuals, just everybody walking down the street. Um, and that is, of course, we have become the murder capital of the United States. Um, again, we had actually, before the pandemic, 2019, we had our lowest levels, Um 50-year low of 121 murders in one year. Um, but as of October, that was up to 220. So, um, and then I haven't gotten the recent numbers, but for the end of the year, but it's not good. Um, and yeah, basically, of course, you've seen some of the fallout being the call for um, uh, LaToya, for Mayor LaToya Cantrell, um, to step down and um, just a lot of stuff going on there. But the NOLA coalition has been a bright spot there, um, trying to put some pressure on people to get some stuff done, um, calling for donations to youth services programs in a recognition that we have to deal with that. We have to get, we have to take care of this coming generation in order to make things better. Um, we have to provide some hope. We have to provide some economic um, help there. Um, just there's a, it's crime is such a difficult issue because it's got so many different parts to it that have to be addressed. Um, it's not just a matter of getting enough police officers, um, which of course is also an issue, but. Right. Um, uh, and the NOLA coalition's approach, the two, you know, the two-pronged approach of, um, raising money for youth services, and then also rallying support for, for funds and other support for the, for the, Police is is kind of the the essential elements of their plan, and uh, you know it's the the big concern, of course, being that we've that we have the, the police force is beneath a thousand officers, and it needs to be a, a significantly higher to to adequately patrol. And I I found it pretty I don't know unnerving just in the last two weeks when one of the officers that we've lost, one of the members of the force, is the police chief moving on, you know, and so somehow that's just another kind of emotional hit. Um, but I know that the NOLA coalition has been very vocal over the last few weeks, advocating for a national search uh, before settling on, uh, you know, uh, hiring someone from within the ranks. Yeah, and they've had a lot of support. And that's something that I do wanna, having covered business for eight years now, um, really bring attention. The business community has really stepped up in this too. And NOLA coalition has over 400 members now. and a lot of big businesses stepping up and wanting to be um, part of the solution and um, and yeah, and putting pressure on people to get done the stuff that needs to get done to help move things around. And I just, I, I think it's encouraging to see that. Like you say, that's the number one story because it affects, it affects investment and affects, um, you know, people's ability to get their work done, you know, uh, and especially when you see these these stories where these just, you know, these horrible, you know, incidents like the tourist who was killed in the hotel room a few weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, these yeah. kind of things just, they make national headlines. They affect, uh, affect all sorts of business. So that's not the way we want to be making headlines. And it's, and you, you don't want people to reconsider a trip here um, right. because of those reasons and, or reconsider, you know, moving a business here um, because of that as well. So 
that is something everybody is calling for. Okay, enough is enough. We need to get you know, a hold of this. So hopefully we'll see some more positive change on that this year. Yes, ma'am. And so that was, that was our number one story. And it's a bummer story. But so looking back over all the stories we just said, is there a, a positive note we can end on as you look at all the stories <laughs> we just talked about? And as you look ahead, what, what's something that we can, what's something you can say that's a positive thing to, to end on? I would say the, the positive is that a majority of our stories from the top 10 are stories of growth. They are stories of investment um, in the right places, um, in the places that we really need them. And even the bummer stories, um, we do see some movement on, on people trying to do something about it. And yeah, it, it's not, it's not hopeless. None of these things are hopeless. None of <laughs> are, haven't been dealt with by other cities, other anything. And so you just have to look and see what works and move from there. So I think, I think we Overall, I'm I'm a Pollyanna at heart, and I think overall we're okay. I think we're we're good, and we're going to move in the right direction. And sometimes what happens is if things get bad enough, that's what it takes to get people to to make the change. So, well, wise words, and uh, I'll take that to heart. Kim Singletary, editor of Biz New Orleans Magazine, thank you for being a guest on your own podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Rich. This has been just a, a magical time. <laughs> Appreciate it. And, and happy holidays. Happy holidays to you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biz Talks. If you like what you hear each week, don't forget to rate us and leave a comment wherever you listen to your podcasts. And follow us on social media at Biz New Orleans. For more information or to contact us, please visit bizneworleans.com slash biztalks.